Welcome to Sinner's Take, another Catholic Guys podcast in which... In who? <laughs> Welcome to Sinner's Take, another Catholic Guys podcast of which we are the worst. I am Eddie. I'm Gerardo. I'm and Leah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and today we are going to be talking about the culture and how to properly evangelize and where does the faith fit in in the culture today. But for starters, first of all, welcome back to Gerardo. Uh, in the words of Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, now that's a name I haven't heard in a long, long time. <laughs> and then... <laughs> I, was, I was traveling the world and now I'm back to share my stories of adventure. <laughs> and then we have a new guest on. Uh, Leah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us all your sins in the whole wide world. <laughs> Well, brace yourself, it'll take a while. We're, do, we're about to begin our general confession. Good. This is the kind of content we need right now. <laughs> I am Leah. I am originally from San Diego and have recently moved back to this area of Southern California after spending five beautiful years in the hot desert of Phoenix, Arizona. And I work in ministry and in social media and in digital evangelization. So she's and like, our, she's our hip friend. She's our, she's our like renegade hip friend. I'm, I, I don't know about that. I don't <laughs> know about that. I've got um, one, one important question about your time in Arizona. Uh, yeah. How do you feel about Whataburger? <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. I don't care for it. It's, yeah, it's, it's not good. It's good. really, it's it's just really unpleasant. And people make a big deal about like the honey chicken butter biscuit thing or whatever. That's what they, that's what they like, all say. Yeah, well, it's fine. Like, but it's just not. I don't know if someone was like, you get the honey chicken butter biscuit thing, or In and Out, or even something maybe a little bit below In and Out. I would always choose the other option. I've never been impressed with their fries, too, in particular. I feel like they're just, like, pretty much bottom-tier French I think fries. I mean, Eddie had Whataburger one time, and, like, on a Sunday, and it sat in my stomach all the way till the end of the conference on, like, a Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> it was disgusting. Oh, that's good. rough. For, for sure, this rank is, last. This is how the, yeah, this is how the, and again, we probably just alienated, like, half of our audience, but that's fine, you know. We can, we can deal with losing two people, half of our audience. <laughs> um, this is how every conversation goes. It always starts with, you know, I'll be like, I, hey, I don't think Whataburger's that good. And they'll be like, well, what did you have? And I'm like, I don't know, a burger? Because I went to a burger place? And like, see, yeah. that's your problem. You got to get the honey chicken biscuit. And it's, okay, well, I went to a burger place. that called What a Chicken. <laughs> what a Chicken. Yeah. Yeah, so, not impressed. Yeah, that's 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 the important things. But um, yeah, moving on to actual less important things. But um, we're talking about the culture and how to you know how to properly evangelize in this culture and where does the faith even fit in? Um, and for the record, we're not talking specifically about like the culture of the coronavirus. We're talking about our culture <laughs> as a whole. Um, if we ever get that back. <laughs> Yeah. And <laughs> culture ever return. We'll cl- that's the title of the episode. Will culture ever return? Oh gosh. <laughs> but yeah, what a. I guess we could start with this. We could just start with like, what do we think? What even is what is the what is culture? Not and what is our culture? What are, what are we even living in right now? 
I think I texted both of you about this prior to this recording, but I, I can go down like, like wormholes and rabbit holes of like <laughs> what culture is in the first place. And then I can get like super meta about like, like what is a culture of a culture and all these subcultures that exist and all this stuff. But I don't know. So if that starts happening, just, just take over. But um, <laughs> I, I think I, like the, the, kind of terms that have been helpful for me as I've thought through things are just like secular culture, church, and church culture. And basically secular culture is anything apart from the church. Church is like the the icon for the kingdom of God that Jesus established here on earth. And then church culture is like the culture that comes from that. So then Sorry, I'm just I'm laying out my. No, continue. Here. I'm curious. And yeah. and and so I, I I think what what culture is on so like secular culture and church culture, what we're talking about when we say culture is is like um, the shared attitudes and artifacts um, and I, I mean in in most cases I think I tend to be speaking about like the media that is um, comes from both of those places from from those like communities, I guess. And so I would say, at least at this point in, in my thoughts that, that culture is like the natural consequence of any kind of communal experience that of course, some, some reality or expression of culture is going to come from that. And so I think I see that most clearly played out just with like the work that I do and stuff in the way secular culture produces and celebrates and shares culture and the way the church does the same thing just in in different ways so I don't know if that's helpful or if you share those thoughts or if you guys have any other thoughts to add to that or if that's just like super abstract and ambiguous (laughs) and unhelpful entirely no, I think it is. I think it's good and important to have a basis. To, if we're going to talk about yeah. culture, we got to at least have some sort of idea of what that even is. And I think like I like what you said. That it's the collective um, attitudes and approaches to and like just overall approach to situations that people have um, on a more collective basis. And I mm-hmm. think that that's good. And I think that there is a lot of not great parts about the culture that I think that and particularly that I think make it harmful for specifically uh, the church and for specifically people to have a relationship with the Lord. And I would say even sometimes even in the church cultures too, Oh yeah, there's a lot that is hindering an authentic relationship. And I'm sure we can dive back into, into what some of those are in a, in a moment, but um, so yeah, what do you think are the, some of the key defining, Estrada, did you have anything to, to add before I just, I'm just going to ask, um, yeah. what are the key defining, mo- like, what would you say are the defining attributes of the cultures we live in? Do you I'm, have, before I'm we jump into that. Okay. No, I mean, for me, just culture <laughs> is. Yeah. Wait, do you do have something to add or you don't have Oh, anything? no, I don't. You just go into the okay. question. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> what. So I guess that, but then that becomes, so if it is the common approaches and what was the word that you use? I don't want to misquote you. Did you say attitudes? I think it's that artifacts, uh, attitudes and artifacts. Yeah. What so what, that raises the question of what are, what are those common uh, attitudes that we have in our culture? Mm-hmm. I think, oh, were you going to say something, Leah? 
There's time for everybody. <laughs> no, I was just gonna ask. Here, I got, I got th the talking stick right here. It's this little piece stick here. Catch. <laughs> I don't know if I, I if I'm right, but just like top my like head or yeah, like what what I'm thinking like culture is. It's obviously like the way of life in like your immediate surrounding and how that affects other things and subcultures and whatnot. But I would say like common attitudes are just like your your beliefs, like what you believe in, um, what your knowledge is, and how that like and what your and how like that plays into your behaviors. But I could be completely wrong. But those are like just the first three things, like just off the top of my head, um, in which I think um, culture is shaped. So, what are those things though? What are the beliefs and the practices that shape the culture are we that we that we are in right now that we are experiencing? What is the culture that we are stepping into that the faith is trying to flourish in? I mean, I feel like the stuff that defines our culture and and um, like full disclosure, I I think I spend most of my time like as a millennial consuming and participating in millennial American culture, um, but it, it there's it seems to be like um, there's like this shared desire for like identity and 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 clarity on on purpose and and what that means and I think that manifests itself in like culture in in the way that we um, the way that we um, turn our jobs or what we do into into like our source of meaning or the way I think um and I think a lot more like this is showing up more in like Gen Z and younger people but um the way um like art and creativity and um and authenticity in those things is like deeply valued I also I can go off to on a tangent about um the impact sorry I've life with me is a number of tangents but um but <laughs> life with impact, christ is a wonderful tangent <laughs> yeah <laughs> something like that but i think um the impact of uh the rise of digital media and social media and and the way that's been engineered and designed the impact that that has had on our culture and our generation just can't be underestimated and i think that's transformed the way obviously like we relate in the way we communicate and it's more than just like, Oh, we're like on screens and don't know how to have a face to face conversation. It's like, actually like we're, um, we feel a pressure to like constantly create and constantly perform and constantly output. And that has bred like enormous amounts of what we would call culture, I guess, in the sense that like we're, we can access a brand new single from our favorite artists on a nearly weekly basis. But I don't know. It, 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 there's the rise of digital technology has just like severely affected the way we we kind of live in this, and and the the digital culture I would say that's coming out of it is a big deal. <laughs> that's that's what I've got. It is. I mean, yeah, you can't. We can't even begin to downplay the effect that the phone and just. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, right. a lot of a lot of things, but we just call it what it is. It's mostly the phone, right? Um, right. Yeah. It, it, it's a world that we've never that that has never been experienced before and I mm -hmm. I do think I mean everybody everyone talks about how the effects that it has on people but mm -hmm. the reason why everyone talks about it is because it's what is having an effect on everybody so right, um, right. obviously we can't we can't downplay that though I was thinking about like what what are some things that define our culture and I don't know if any of you guys have seen the movie La La Land 
And there is a quote that stood out to me in that movie, which I think a lot of uh, to a lot of people as well. And I think it, st- it struck a nerve with me. And I think, again, a lot of people, but it's the when right right in the beginning, when they're first start, starting to meet the two main characters, I forget their names. But um, the guy says he doesn't like the culture, essentially, because he says they worship everything and they value nothing mm-hmm. that like. Um, and again, you, we can get lost in the terminology a little bit, but I think the point that whether or not he was trying to get at, but at least I'm trying, I take it as, is that we we have this idea that like everything is such a big deal, but like we don't actually value anything. Like everything is like your Instagram followers, your um, the next big thing, the next TV show is mm-hmm. like this, is everything that we experience, I feel like is this. Um, this paper fire of like it burns really bright really fast and then it just fizzles into nothing and nothing is mm. actually valued and it just move on to the next thing right oh okay, I got 100 likes on this picture now I need to get 150 likes um, mm. I, then I need to get 200 likes and then if you don't get that then there's nothing there but there's not there is a lot less value I would say that mm. we that we can actually hold on to and cherish because they're seeking after something that is so fleeting and when i say mm-hmm. they i mean me as well that we care people seem to care more about what a bunch of followers who maybe they've never even met or most likely they've never even met um or at least in a way that is meaningful what what they think they you care more about what they think about you or this you know internet media mob what they think about you as opposed to maybe what even your family or your best friends or whoever else Mm-hmm. And we have nothing that we can actually latch on to with, with value that can carry us. And it's kind of just this this constant seeking of approval and um, the next thing, you could say. I mean, I, I agree. And, um, and I think that uh, one of the biggest things that I return to a lot is just reflecting on um, art's role in culture because art is is a, a tremendous player in what we are talking about when we're talking about culture because we you review or examine different cultures whether it's it's you know like different global cultures or different historical cultures and I think the art is very indicative or or it can reflect a lot and speak to a lot and um, and I think that what art means right now is something obviously that none of us have ever really like set out to to arrive at but it's something that we're living in in the sense that like art and creating and and making and doing um is more accessible than it ever has been in in that like any other any person could become Billy Eilish you know um but and but like it I, I think that there's something with that in that there's this pressure then for everyone who has the resources to then become the next big thing. But that is almost, I, I don't really know what I'm getting at other than this like democratization of, of art, um, I think has taught us to value any of it very much because everyone's just producing content, whether that's me just hanging out or me for life team for my job or Chrissy Teigen, just putting out tweets. Like everyone's putting out something Mm -hmm. um, for the sake of being seen and being known and stuff. Um, Because we have the, the 
ability to do so just at our fingertips and um and I think that affects us in really really big ways and it affects art in really big ways because then like the standard for what we expect out of art isn't tremendously high until like occasionally we're hit with like a masterpiece you know but I I don't know maybe that's like a really dark well it's, uh, it's funny you bring that all up because we just kind of talked about that in our last episode where we specifically called out things like TikTok. Um, and again, um, not like, I think that they can be good. Right. But the, yeah. a problem can come when you're seeking after more. So uh, the affection and approval of others, as opposed to like the actual joy of creating something. And again, not maybe not even something that uh, is great. And, and, I kind of want to reemphasize that from from last week too. Even like you can create and enjoy the process of creating and use it to bring people together. Um, a friend of mine pointed out that like a lot of families can like do like bad dance videos together, and that is wonderful because it brings the family together in a very yeah. special way. But that's the you know the process of that is good. But like when people are just again tr- I, 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 when you brought up uh, William Eyelash. Uh, <laughs> That uh, yeah, everyone wants, everyone thinks that they can be the next one of them. Which um, I think it's 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 sad because people just they just want to you know we, all the kids with the starting of the YouTube channels or yeah. the idiots starting podcasts like at Sinner's Take um, oh. <laughs> just who just, you know and I also idiots is a harsh word I don't mean to I don't mean to say that but uh, it's it, because a lot of it, it's the pressure that they they feel like that's what's going to give them their identity and I would agree right. I think there's just such an identity crisis in in the world that we have today. Well, in, in also, our culture. Yeah, it, especially in our culture, I think, um, and just working with young people for a majority of the time, there's this uh, pressure of like achievement, and that spreads across all platforms of their life, whether it be school, whether it's sports, whether it's art, um, whether it's achievement in your homes, you know, like we're always pres- uh, pressured, young people are always pressured, I'm always pressured, even I, f- I felt this way, um, going into this like, pandemic to always try to be my best and if I'm not being my best if I'm not um, achieving anything then I'm doing nothing with my life and um, in the public eye it becomes a a really scary thing and I think that that's like embedded in the current culture that we're in in America is I just got off social media um, like a week ago and everyone's asking me if I'm okay you know like (laughs) well that's because you're social media after Ardo yeah yeah, cause, exactly. Yeah, because 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 I'm because I'm always on it, and the the moment I'm not on it, it's like oh my gosh, like is something wrong with Gerardo? Is everything okay? But I'm soul like, searching. Yes, I'm soul searching. That's what I'm telling everyone. But I I, I I feel like in in the public eye, so much is spotlighted on what you are doing now in this culture, how you are dressing, um, how you're acting, what music you're listening to. It's as simple to like share your Spotify playlists on Instagram, you just share it and people know like what you're listening to, you know, um, because everyone wants to know what you're doing. And in doing that, if people don't know what you're doing, if people don't know that you're being successful, if people don't know that you're achieving something, if people don't know that you're trying in anything, um, there's something wrong with you mm-hmm. and uh, you're not doing enough. And you see it like in high schools and you see it in colleges where it's like, come to this school come here and like achieve more because you're not good enough <laughs> as who you are in this culture in America. You need to be better <laughs> than, than what like your creativity or what your upbringing is. And you can always do more. 
it's like perpetuated this like a culture of performing also if I can make a recommendation for your next guest you should have Bo Burnham on if because um, uh-huh. he, he actually talks a lot about about this stuff he's just fascinating in the way he's examined what just our access to um creativity and and media production has done um he's he's like a genius i mean he's brilliant i don't i don't i don't foresee him giving me a call back but (laughs) i mean worth a shot worth a shot um but I, I think he, he's talked about this. Why I wanted to give credit where credit's due. He talks about just the, um, the idea that, I mean, teenagers today and and young adults, like kids who are going off to college, are they grew up virtually feeling as if like every aspect of their life could be shared and and a, a reason to kind of like. Um, advance or be like Gerardo was saying be seen for like achieving or doing or like hitting a new mark whether that's like like nailing their TikTok dance moves or like just offering some like mental health advice on their Instagram sorry you know like there's like there everything for like a teenager right now is is being filtered with the question of like can I is, is this something I could turn into content and I don't mean that to be like disrespectful to teenagers because I don't think that they're like like content whores or anything like that I just think that they like are um that their generation has kind of been conditioned to think like well what part like is this part of my life that I, I I can perform with and is this part of my life that's worth putting out there and sharing and um and if it isn't why am I doing it that kind of thing you know yeah because a lot of that is people are surrounded by just the high, again, the highlight reels, that's what Instagram, that's what social media is, is the highlight reels of everybody else's life. So every moment that your life is not a highlight reel, you feel inadequate. You feel, uh, and you know, I, I just, I get so annoyed and even like when people film good things, and I think we've, I maybe even talked about this before, but like, you know, this, this whole thing with the, with the, on someone's birthday, everyone drives by the house and honks the horn with signs yeah. and everything. It's fine. Right. Like do it. That's more power to you. And again, it's a really sweet. It's a sweet gesture. But like, I don't need to see it, right? And like, mm-hmm. I, I, and I, and I feel like, like, what are you trying to accomplish? Are you trying to be like the again? What does being the 250th person to post this online really accomplish for you? Mm-hmm. Except for again, I think a feeling of inclusion, a feeling of like there is something in my life that is noteworthy. Which again, like, it is noteworthy. But how about you just? You know, you take, you put the phone down and you, and you look and you appreciate like the person who you actually are there to love, like love them in that moment. Don't, but again, like, I think like what you said is, can you market this? Like, can, Mm -hmm. is this, is this content? And again, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's, I don't think it's, they're doing it on purpose. I don't think I do it. It's just what we've been, Mm -hmm. we've been indoctrinated to do because we have been fed content 24 seven for, you know, most of our life with the, with the smartphone, we're always taking in something. And that's it's a very difficult world to to grow up in. Yeah, it was it's crazy. I'm just like thinking about like when I was in high school and like when I was going through some stuff or when something good happened to the me. The year like, was 1970. <laughs> Back in my day, we used to walk 40 miles in the snow. <laughs> oh my god! It was uphill both ways. <laughs> both ways. But I I just remember like in high school when. I, it was like a good achievement i'm just thinking about this now or if i was sad or if something was going wrong in my life i would like go in my room and just like turn on music and just listen to music 
you know, and celebrate in like that way. Or I would like write and I would use like those those sources of like art because that was the art that was like known to me. Um, like putting in a, a CD player or putting in like a cassette in, in a record player and putting on my head my giant headphones and just like listening and like zoning out. Listening to was, Wow Worship 2002, uh, <laughs> Wow Worship 2007. Or, or emo music, you know? But <laughs> even like, like in my sad times, like there was, that was like the greatest like form of like, like culture, so to speak for me is like, just like listening to like emo music and like crying to like Dashboard Confessional and, and like Taking Back Sunday, right? Um, now what you see is like, and it used to be this whole thing is like, you, people always post their best self, like their, their best selves and people only see the good, but now you're seeing like a lot of like young people, um, and even me in a sense, like release their frustration on social media or release mm-hmm. not only like, cause they want to prove a point and they want to say, Hey, like there's a, millions of other people who can see this and someone out there is going through what I'm going through mm-hmm. in this world. So I'm like going to post this and this is what I'm feeling. Um, mm-hmm. so it's not only like the, the good we're seeing like yeah yeah, but we're also seeing the bad because people think they have it like they they know they have a chance to resonate with someone Mm -hmm. you know like if one one share could affect one person it's like and you see this all the time um like hi like i'm joe schmo and um even if only one person sees this post it could like help them like you know like you see those like chain things on instagram Mm -hmm. all the time and um it's not only just the good but it's it's also the bad that that people are, are starting to share and the, this essence of like this culture just to be known in good and bad yeah a big part of why that's kind of coming up to the surface more people sharing like the less like highlight real stuff but more like the real stuff which i have another tangent all about yeah, that's, about a whole that's a whole really, really real <laughs> not um but anyway here's the thing is that i think um i think that the the motivation for that I, I, I mean, I, I don't want to overgeneralize or anything, but I think that in in many instances, it's it's really like a desire for um, like the love we were created for, because we have this inherent understanding that if I put I if I put this like less than favorable image of myself out there and people still love me and care about me, then like. I'm receiving unconditional love, you know, and, um, and the danger with that is that we can um, give into the illusion that, that we have infinite connectivity and that we have infinite love through like social platforms. Um, when we know that's not the case. And, um, but when we let that illusion rule our lives, we stop placing ourselves vulnerably before the father and we place ourselves vulnerably before our audience of our followers and expect that to like be enough and it, it never will be. Um, and yeah. so anyways, I, I have a, a little bit of a backtrack and then I think it's going to tie in well with what you were just saying. So uh, I think there's one more important part that I would, I would be rem- remorsed if I don't bring up with the culture. Mm-hmm. And that's just, I do think we are lazy people. Like we, we really are. And I think uh, this, I, I think we talked about this in the last episode as well, but this time of isolation actually with the coronavirus has forced a lot of people to take an honest look of like, ooh, maybe I am just a little bit of a lazy person, right? Because mm-hmm. there's so many things that we say we want to do, but we don't have the time. And now, mm-hmm. well, guess what? You have the time. A lot of us do. Mm-hmm. And we're still, what excuses are we finding to not do it now? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that probably sounded super pretentious, but I think naturally, <laughs> I think naturally we as human beings are very lazy people and we live in a world that, um, not only like uh, supports laziness, but like encourages it. Even you could say, 
And I think that that creates a whole mess of problems. And we live in this indulgent world where things are a little bit too easy for the survival of humans in general. Um, you know, just survival instincts do better under harsh conditions than than not. And I always think back to I forget where I heard it first, but uh, somebody just had like an offhand comment about um, like kings couldn't control the temperature of their castles, right? Kings kings couldn't stay up past the time the sun went down really because it was dark. But yet here we are that like you can make whatever temperature you want in your home. So if it's hot, you could you don't have to be hot, right? If it's cold, you don't have to be cold. If it's dark, you don't have to go to bed. And we can do whatever we want in the sense that like it's created this real, uh, I think, longing. And if I really I was I was reflecting on it a lot. And, you know, everybody has what is what really nails down like the problem with with the culture. And there's so many we could do. You could do a 50-part series on the one problem with the culture is. Uh, but I think something that I really wanted to hone in on, because going back to what you're saying, is the identity and not being able to find that with the mm-hmm. Father, because I do think we, we should probably start tying this into the faith at some point, yeah. um, is it comes down to, I think we're we're a slothful people. And mm-hmm. I always love going back to, when I, when I first heard the definition that Aquinas has for sloth, rock my world, where it's not just laziness, but he says sloth is a sorrow at the difficulty of a spiritual good so Mm -hmm. it's the sadness that we feel because we what we want we view to be unattainable so Mm -hmm. um we are looking for identity we are looking for truth because i do think there is a genuine craving inside Mm -hmm. of people especially in the young people because and we'll talk a little bit more about that i'm sure later on like they have this desire um we all have this desire but we know that it's difficult and we see that like actually having an identity in who you are based off of your relationship with God and nothing more is much more difficult. and makes you evaluate yourself a lot in a, in a, in a more um, like real and honest way that people turn away from that and they can just say, well, I can get, I can prove to you that 150 people approve of me in 40 minutes if I post this picture. And so this laziness, right, this easy way out combined with this sloth of mm-hmm. it's it's hard to actually be place yourself into the relationship with God has created this real toxic mentality that it's difficult to cultivate a relationship with the Lord because again they're just going to keep pulling from that well of sugar water thinking that it's hydrating them mm-hmm. and it's just ultimately killing them and they don't like I said I, I do it all the time with social media I do it all the time with many things um, but again I think a lot of it, it comes down to we're looking for identity in the wrong places and we're too slothful or slothful um, <laughs> to uh, to want to persevere. And again, we've been in our culture, been indoctrinated to not need to persevere in these kind of things. That I, That's super interesting. I, I don't know that I would characterize our culture as, as lazy, not because I, I don't think I disagree with you. I, yeah. I just, um, that's not at all. Um, and I, I'm thinking specifically, I, th- I think that there's, an, a, a, I think there's, um, like, millennials are, like, characterized as being, like, the burnout generation because, like, <laughs> we, we, we're, like, so desperate to, to, to be, like, seen and known in, by, like, what we do and living lives of great purpose and that kind of thing. Even, like, I, I mean, I'm speaking in, about, like, the secular world in that sense. Um, and so I don't know that, I've observed that as laziness, but more so as it, 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 just like an inability, almost an inability to rest. 
we're desperate to prove something. So we like chase after these things and, and, and the world comes at us with all these options for like, like what you were saying, like, here's your sugar water you can drink from. And because that's right in front of us, we take it because we're desperate. Actually. In the words of Calypso from Pirates of the Caribbean, Caribbean. same story, different versions. <laughs> I didn't mean to all that, like, are true. <laughs> I did not mean to be redundant or or um, or like disregard. Um, no, no. I, I, I think I, you're I yeah. what you're saying valid. Too. I'm just like live processing here. Well, no, because it, in in it, I think it is a bold statement to say that because it's, it can't. Like I said, was what I'm saying. You can't just say here's the one problem because. Yeah, it's, so, it manifests itself in a lot of other ways besides laziness mm-hmm. as well. So how do you think the church is integrating itself into this current culture? Um, how this do climate? you, think, how that, do you that, think that the church is integrating itself into this current culture? How do climate? you? <laughs> um, I mean, I have a lot of uh, um, opinions on this, and um, I think that the church is <laughs> not doing a great job. <laughs> integrating um this culture and accepting culture and using culture to as a ways of evangelization i remember even when i was a teenager i was taught about like the new evangelization that took place in like vatican ii and how the church is going to like be and infiltrate itself within the culture to evangelize like to young people and evangelize to like the world and and whatnot and i it, it was a word that got me excited but i lived i think within like ministry and within the church as a young person and i still don't know what that new evangelization was ever cut out or meant to be like you know like what is that new evangelization um is it the same thing is it what we've been doing is it something that's new um and how is that uh integrated into like my upbringing what i'm going through and the voice of myself that i want to be heard um in church i was just actually just talking to lee about this I think the church has lost the art of listening to young people, just people in rooms who talk about the young church without bringing someone young in the church into the room. And if you just see this in like pastoral councils, you know, just like across the nation and um, how churches are, are run, it's always run in this hierarchical system of like, you earn this by your age. And if you're too young, then you, your voice doesn't really matter to us. So it's like, no kidding that like, 18 year old Johnny teenager is going to be like well I've been trying to do something for the church but they're not really listening to me so here's another attractive like non-catholic mm-hmm. church that is going to listen to me and is going to use my gifts and make me feel accepted so I'm going to go there because I'm trying to be accepted on social media I'm trying to be accepted in my friend groups I'm trying to be accepted at school in my family um, and this is finally a place that's going to accept me for who I am and say hey like your photography skill could be used in our church or like your musicians like skill could like be used in our church. We're going to embrace that and we're going to love you and love your artisticness and love your weirdness and spunkiness. Um, so I think like as a Catholic church, um, this, I mean, again, we throw out terms a lot and there's always like documents. I'm like, this is the year of the young church. This is the year of like young adults, but like, I don't really see like anything that's being done differently, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we have to get away from like putting it in a statement and then actually like doing it. Um, so that's like my hot take right off the bat on yeah culture and church. And it's it's so tough because like in the, in the essence, you know, to an ex- to an extent at least, 
the church is by nature going to be countercultural. So mm-hmm. it's it's what like we can't just completely steer into it right and just be like well we just do everything the culture says but also there's an element that you can't just be ignorant of it because so it's like how do you weed out the like what what can't what what is the culture that you need to adapt and what is the parts that you need to not and you know i think some people may sometimes take a too simplistic approach but i agree though gerardo that there is a there is a sense of people don't feel like they belong and that's really what people want right what is forget what the psychologist is who talks about like the thing that you need the most in order to survive as a human being like even just evolutionarily uh, i really emphasize that word funky but uh, (laughs) evolutionarily um besides like your immediate needs of like food water and like shelter and things like that is belonging it's the it's the feeling that you belong somewhere and that's obviously so so important but i've we, do we do a good job of br- yeah. bringing these kids into a sense of belonging? Um, yeah, if, if, if you don't feel like you belong there too, you're never going to take ownership of it. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's like the next step is um, you can get the 14th man on a basketball team who doesn't play anything to feel like he belongs and he's going to take ownership of cheering for everyone who plays, you know? You can get like a kid who is on ASB who doesn't really do anything but you saying you belong here as like a treasurer, whatever that means, of like ASB. Um, but they're going to take ownership of it and say, I'm the treasurer of ASB. And I feel like we as a church are not welcoming and ha- making people feel like, like they belong. Um, when I moved back, and I think I shared this with you too, Eddie, like when I moved back from Portland, I didn't feel like I belonged to any church. And I would go to mass every Sunday and sit in pews. And I would just be like, I don't belong anywhere in here because no one wants, no one's talking to me. No one's even looking at me. Um, no one's like taking the time out of to like greet me. I'm just trying to smile at people and I'm always smiling at people. But um, I think like we, we really feel like making people and young people especially feel like they belong or have a voice in this. Yeah, I feel like, like um, the biggest things coming to mind as we talk through this are just like we as church need communal life to be what it was meant to be if we want to see the church, you know, have an effect on culture. Because I think that there's sometimes this flawed attitude of like, well, the church exists to like go fix culture and like, and and as Christians, we need to go like reclaim it or uh, impact it. Or um, it, it, it just, in my experience, it's kind of bred this like strange idea that like, the Christian's duty is to go like sanitize culture of anything that's bad. And um, I, I think that that's backwards because I think that we've forgotten how to like be human and be community. And so when we go to church, we don't have, we're not like participating in anything. I mean, participating in the sacraments is the most meaningful thing that we'll ever do on earth. Yes. But the periphery like experience of that is 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 rarely anything meaningful in in my experience I, I would say and um and and I don't know I tend to be very very idealistic but I do have this hope that like like when communal life is lived out and when um when when families and kids and and um and and couples and single people can all like coexist without being like weird segmented groups of 
people that happen to go to mass at the same time. Um, but people who can share like actual life, like mm-hmm. share a meal and enjoy it or celebrate a victory, like, like a, a job change or celebrate, like, like just celebrate these human experiences. Um, that's when church starts to, to, to become a place where people feel like they belong. And that's when those people who go, who feel like they belong become who they were made to be. And, maybe living out their mission then isn't necessarily like going into the culture and like declaring the name of Jesus Christ in any kind of explicit like ministry way, but maybe they're going into culture as like the soccer mom or as the, the accountant or the athlete or the artist who um, is so firmly rooted in this communal experience around the table that, that, where heaven is made present um and so when they go out into culture they don't feel this need to like fix or sanitize or like clean up culture but they they're they're already bearing this light and are compelled to invite others into that light and that's when when we start to see culture change i would i and i know those are sweeping idealistic terms no that's that's but that's the thing is there it there's no other way and not only not only do they go out and not feel like they need to just go and fix everything themselves, but also they don't feel like they need to find belonging in things that aren't good because they found mm. belonging in the place that matters. So, right, and again, right. this is, you're absolutely right. We, the world needs good accountants and the world needs mechanics that aren't going to rip mm. people off. And the world needs <laughs> um, like a, good lawyers and all these other things. And that's the most important thing. Like I talked to some students, you know, like about, you know, what they want, what they should do. Um, because I think a lot of kids, when they first enter the faith, they just think that the only outcome is become a minister. Like, like right. have, yes. and it's just like, actually, Trap. no, like really, really, we don't need, like, we don't need another crotchety theology teacher like myself. <laughs> we like, we've got right. plenty of those. Um, go and be a lawyer and like, be a good and honest lawyer who is willing to maybe take less money to help people who are in need and things like that. That's what the world needs. Right. Um, and the fact of the matter is what I've, what I've actually really struggling with just even recently, actually, before I go into that, um, I really like what you were saying about that. And I've been kind of dabbling with this idea of what what is something that if if uh, I were ever in charge of a parish and I would encourage people to try it, like pastors to try it, something that they could add that's small that might be able to make a difference. Because I personally, I hate, I mean, everybody does, right? I hate announcements. I hate mm-hmm. in mass. And But the problem is, is they'll invite like so-and-so has been an altar server for six years. It's a round of applause. And I'm like, I don't want to applaud for you right now, but I want to acknowledge your achievement. Like, because that's awesome, right? Like really, really awesome. But like, I don't feel like this is called for because it just feels out of place. So I've, I've been dabbling with the idea or like, you know, they call the, the couples who have been married for 50 years or whatever. And again, amazing landmark, but like, why not? I, I just, I, what if, what if at, after mass, everybody were to congregate into the hall and not just do coffee and donuts and run, but like maybe have a meal, uh, or even like just just light snacks even just coffee and donuts mm-hmm. and then there's like a presentation where everybody has the opportunity to share mm-hmm. what they've what some, like things that are right then we talk about these are the couples who are celebrating anniversaries let's all get, let's all show our love and appreciation for them and again people would say like, well no one's going to go to that people just want to go and leave well like start it with 15 people that would want to go right mm-hmm. start start with those 15 people that would want to go and see if it builds um, and, you know, people can have the opportunity to share, like, you know, so-and-so just got into this college. And again, then we run into the problem of everyone's going to be one-upping each other or whatever. But 
ideally, right, if we can keep it pure, but, like, that's how you you can get a community to, to yeah. wrap around somebody. And I'd be interesting to see if people people giving it a try. Instead of trying to cram it into the mass half-assed, like, go all the way into it yeah. in the appropriate time, I think could do wonders. Yes, and I think that, but I think, like, the 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 tendency or temptation to just try to cram stuff at the end of mass um or or within something that like all the 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 parish is already going to be at rather than like doing something intentional outside of that um is is just i, I don't think that it, it reflects a real understanding of like what the mass is and was meant to do because because um, I think that there's there's something to be said about like the need in parish life for like families to come together and just spend time together. You know, like maybe there's like a parish barbecue or a cookout or whatever, and it's super fun. And there's like a jumpy, and there's this is my imagining, and um, a jumper and jumpers have to be. Yeah, 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 and pinatas and candy, and it's something that could be, like, open to the whole community, everyone's welcome, people maybe who aren't Catholic or, like, friends of, of families who go to that parish come in, check it out, and they're like, this is cool, this is fun, but, like, we, like, the mass was never meant to be, um, like, this, 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 it's meant to be a communal experience in the sense that it's, it's corporate sacrifice, but that's like totally set apart from these other things. And, yeah. and it should like flow from and to like, it's, it's not like they're like totally disjointed. Um, but like, like there's a reason, like I would prefer to bring a friend to like my parish fish fry than a friend who's not Catholic than like mass because ma like the mass on its own is not like inherently like evangelistic like it's not going to bring a person along you know like it, it so yeah, there's well, some setup required um and it would take a specific like supernatural grace to like just walk into the mass and be like oh i understand everything and this is the most beautiful <laughs> right. thing i've ever experienced right, like, right most people need to be brought in via that via that community route which exactly yeah. and and that's why i think these like human experiences need to be brought back into the parish I, I mean I don't know I, well yeah I would imagine that they were very much part of like the early church like this human yeah. connection and human community um and so I would love to see and I know that I, I think that that's on me that's on the lay people more than it's on pastors um to kind of see to that being done but um but I think yeah. that that's what our parishes need I think uh, people have tried to make the mass this one-stop shop for everything and it's yeah. just not right they, they, they're trying to combine it into a let's greet and hang out and meet people let's mm -hmm. have an xlt and also let's celebrate the mass <laughs> all three of those things are beautiful and they need to be separate because yeah. they just become diluted from all of them like like mm -hmm. have on saturdays offer xlts like offer basically a protestant worship service that doesn't count as your sunday obligation obviously mm -hmm. But, like, mm -hmm. have the people the opportunity where they can have personal prayer and develop a relationship with the Lord in adoration and, mm -hmm. you know, through praise. Super awesome. And Protestants mm -hmm. do a way better job of, like, cultivating mm -hmm. an individual relationship with Christ on average than we do, I would say. Um, mm -hmm. I think they they hit a limit, right, that they can't mm -hmm. exceed because they lack the, the sacraments. Right. But then And then have the Mass be the Mass. Like, and I, like... It starts and it ends and it's done, right? And like it's it's yeah. beautiful and it's perfect the way it is meant to be. 
but we don't need to try and do all this and then have your, like you said, your gatherings. And I, I like the word you just experience life together, share life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that's obviously very, very crucial. But in regards to like that too, I, I think what the Catholic church in, especially in like doing these community events, separating like mass from these events. Cause I do believe like the, the evangelistic part of like these community events are so important mm-hmm. is the, we just don't do it well. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's where it lacks is like, we and it's so funny because it was we're in this pandemic so that's why i'm going to talk about it but we've always had this niche of like well we have the eucharist like we have the eucharist you know and we don't have the eucharist right now like we can't go to the eucharist so like what are you gonna do now like well what are we gonna do now like you know are, are we mm-hmm. cult- are we like reaching out to our parishioners are we calling our parishioners are we being relational um because literally the eucharist is gone um well, well it's not gone well literally like we, we, can't, we, we can't celebrate mass um with like our priests um so these communities that were so essential to build before we got to this point like are needed even more um mm-hmm. because so families won't feel alone so there's still people talking to each other um so there's still like friendships that, are, that were cultivated in faith that are, are, are still happening um i just think like we as a church need to do these events well with intention and um, make them worth people's time, mm-hmm. you know, cause I've been to fish fries where it's like, why even come to this fish fry, <laughs> you know, or I've been to like um, festivals, parish festivals where it's like, why am I even here? You know? Um, but I th- we, we just need to do it well and, and with quality. And I think that's how you cultivate like good community and um, cultivate that, that relationship within the culture of like your church, within the culture of the city that the church is located. The, the parish I'm involved with right now is I I get FOMO when I miss events. Like for the first time in my life, if I miss a church event and it could be like a catechesis session, mm-hmm. I like, it's like, I'm like, darn it, like I'm missing out, <laughs> you know? And that's like, that was cultivated because they built relationship with me, but they put so much effort and quality into like what they do in every single detail of their parish. And I think that's what, what, what it takes because we're competing with so much quality, you know, mm-hmm. like we, we really are. And we're talking about like art and culture, like we're competing with so much quality mm-hmm. all around us from our, on our phones, on our computers, in media, like in every form of media that, um, of course, it's going to be more attractive when s- someone sees quality and then goes to the Catholic, mm-hmm. the Catholic church and goes and, and is like, wow, this is like not good quality, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there's a, there's like a, a line to play with that, obviously, but and we just need to be better at evangelizing outside of the sacraments. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, I've been really rest like wrestling with this just recently. Like, the problem is is when you really get down and it, going back to Leah's like you know idealistic mentality, and it's good and it has to be because that's the only way it's going to work. Because when you really boil it down, there is no efficient way to do ministry there is no efficient way to evangelize it's by its very nature going to be inefficient there's no you know there's no video series that's going to change it there's no there's no again are you sure pod, there's no podcast that's going to be like the way that we worded it oh my gosh if everybody heard it then the world would be saved it's like a quiet uh, speaking yeah that that doesn't that doesn't that doesn't work and the, it's it's tough because we, we live in a culture that is so um, everything needs to be efficient and everything is becoming more and more efficient. And we, we're trying to, I think, match that with 
the faith that like, you know, we need to do, how many people can we get to these things? Which again, I think we've talked ad nauseum about, you know, <laughs> worrying about numbers, but really the, the it's just, it's not going to change mm-hmm. and it's not going to be better until people just want to own up to, I need to be willing to have conversations, to be willing to welcome people in, to mm. be willing to build community, mm-hmm. which is difficult is the thing. And people don't want to put in the effort to, or people are not that they don't even want to, they don't know how, or they're afraid to, or it's awkward. But, you know, we, Gerardo and I, and Leah, you're involved with it too. And uh, many other people, we do that young adult ministry um, called Heart of the City. And to be honest, like, I, I mean, we've it's come a long way and it does a lot of really good, but there's there's a wall that we hit with it. And I think the, like, the only thing that is going to change it is going to be if everybody shows up that day and says, I'm willing to make a fool of myself trying to talk to people <laughs> and welcoming. And, and then people are willing to like step out of their comfort zone and, and build that community brick by brick. And there's just no easy way to do it. And um, it takes time. But I mean, it's, it's easy, like it start it does start to snowball theoretically, right? If you invest in someone and they invest in someone, the whole pyramid skin yeah. scheme thing plays out, but, <laughs> the whole uh, thing. but yeah. Yeah. It's all, it's all just relationships and it starts with our relationship with Jesus and how that affects the way we relate to other people. But relationships are not like formulaic processes and, I think Catholics, American Catholics maybe have this attitude of going into church to scoop up my sacraments and then peace out. And we're, um, we're missing like a tremendous part of the story because it's about so much more than the sacraments about the way the sacraments transform the way I relate to the person in the pew next to me and the way I show up for them when they're suffering or in need or the way that we like, grieve together the way that we celebrate together you know it, it i mean it, that stupid corny song they'll know we're christians by our love is not like it's, it's not based on anything other than like the words uh, paul yeah that's that's not a joke that's a um that's that's a command you know yeah yeah and and Eddie loves that song I mean, <laughs> I love the sentiment of that song. It's a banger. I, true story. When I was a little girl, I played math sometimes, and I that was the one song that I had printed out. So I would I would hand that out to people. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I like like it. It's it's tra- not. Tra- I, I don't want to generalize, but it is contrary to our call that we as Christians are not known for being the most loving people and I understand that that love is not like total acceptance of all things and and um ideas and behaviors but that um there's there's something tragically missing when our church is not known for being loving but it's it's known for being a place where the catholics go on sundays you know Mm -hmm. so I mean uh, I've got, that's pretty much all I've got. So, uh, again, if anybody has any closing thoughts, I think we should land the plane. Mm-hmm. I think that, I think that's a good place to, to end it. Mm-hmm. Um, unless draw, but unless you have something else. I do not. That was a good way to end it. I think love God, love others. Yeah. I'll inspire love. Um, I will, I will say, I will one last thing. So, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, just to close it off, I agree. Like it, and I think it does, it has to stem from your relationship with Jesus. I love, 
so many of the the saints they talk about above all else like even in your loving of other people really what you're doing is you're loving jesus you're bringing them to him and that kind of takes the pressure off of it too that um we need to we need to love jesus with our whole heart and have this burning desire to bring those who he loves as well to him you know and be be intentional about it and be and work hard at it and like i said like we've talked about don't be afraid to make a fool of yourself and you know if if people don't know like if people don't know you are christian by your love then you're you know we're probably doing it wrong so um yeah so well gerardo it was good to good to see you again leah it's uh great to have you on we'll have to have you on again soon um lots of lots of good just like good conversation you know like it's like it's super just, good it's just, just like, like i just had like a great like just so good like seen and known you know <laughs> oh my gosh I'll be but anyway a, i'll be in the podcast in another year so yeah <laughs> I'll be back to Gerardo in a year <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah that's the that's the sinner's take Bye. bye, bye.